Well, hello there, and welcome to PRISM Radio. This radio show exists for the desire to improve the lives of transgender people. Education is the key, I believe, to acceptance of transgender people, and although education is the most important aspect of this show, we do hope to also entertain. My name is Holly Knight, and I am the creator of PRISM Radio, and I'm very honored to be your host for PRISM Radio. Love is the only house big enough for all the pain. Hello everyone and welcome to the 91st Prism Radio Show and it is December, or excuse me, January 4th, 2015 and today we're going to talk about something that is... uh, on everybody's mind, or it seems, if you look at Facebook, it's on every single person's mind, or they're posting and reposting and commenting and all kinds of stuff. And so uh, when I heard about uh, Leela's suicide, I just wanted to kind of sit back and kind of watch a little bit before I did anything, and then I did decide I was going to talk about the show. And when you re- read Leela's um, suicide note, at least when I read uh, her note, I really started to notice a lot of different, a whole bunch of topics that were internal of of what she was writing. So with that in mind, we're going to talk about that, and that's where the peeling back the layers of uh, of the suicide note and, and uh, what happened. So with that in mind, we are going to uh, do a little bit of a, work, a little bit of a um, um, radio work here with a disclaimer, and I'll be back in a couple minutes. radio show is the property of Prism Radio and Holly Knight. Most of the show's content is intended for individuals over 18 years old, but could be of some help for those under 18. This is a talk show, so there will be opinions expressed throughout the whole show. Prism Radio is not accountable for any opinions expressed by a guest or a live caller. On that topic, I will express many opinions and I do not claim to represent the transgender community as a whole, as I can really only represent my personal opinion. So 
welcome back at that. Uh, it was a little long, but uh, I kind of thought there's an irony to that song. I don't know if you um, uh, can. I, I, clearly, if you know much about that song, it's an ir- ironic type of song anyway. But there's an irony of why I selected that. So, so anyway, that is done. And we want to get some things, get rolling. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of things to talk about here. Uh, by no means am I even going to think that, um, this is the last word. It's not even the first word. It's not the third word. It's it's just it's just a word. <laughs> it's just a couple comments. Just my views of what uh, what's going on. If you spent all day for the last since uh, Leela's uh, suicide reading about everything, you would probably be overwhelmed with so much stuff. There are just so many things, so many comments, so much stuff going on. And so trying to separate all of the things going on and try to make some kind of sense of all of this, uh, that's what I'm going to try to do. So um, to give you some information, if you're not sure what happened on the suicide, I have a commercial here. It's a news channel in Cincinnati that announced Leela's suicide. So I'm going to play this. If it works, I'm going to give it a shot and uh, then we'll uh, go from there. If you are reading this, it means that I have committed suicide. Those words written on a Warren County teenager's Tumblr page and now sparking an outcry from the LGBT community tonight. Classmates at King's High School are also calling for education and tolerance. WLWT News Science Karen Johnson is live for us outside the school with much more on this developing story tonight. Karen? And Cherie, in the letter, the King's teen wrote about depression and not being accepted by her parents for her true gender identity. There's no winning, there's no way out, she wrote. But some of her last words before goodbye were, fix society, please. I knew at first Josh was um, just somebody, you know, I saw around that school. This is how many people knew the 17-year-old King student as Josh Alcorn. Only a few knew the teen like Azalea Laverde did as Leela Alcorn. I happened to find her Tumblr one day and I started, you know, talking to her about it. And that's when Leela finally came out to me and told me she was a transgender and that she wanted to go by Leela and that she was actually going to start to go by Leela on her 17th birthday. Leela was accepted for who she was at her job as a caricature artist at Kings Island. Her home life, Azalea says, was another story. According to a suicide letter on Leela's Tumblr page, lack of acceptance is something she struggled with. It reads in part, the life I would have lived isn't worth living in because I'm transgender. It's not a disease. It's not um, perverted. It's just a natural part of the scope of human diversity. But Jonah Yokoyama says lack of education and understanding leads to 41% of transgender individuals attempting suicide in their lives. People need community. They need connection. And like I said, you know, it's hard for uh, transgender individuals sometimes to find that connection. Now Leela's friends are hoping to bring awareness to the social issue. You have to tell other people who are alive right now and struggling with it that it's okay that they are the way they are and that there is nothing wrong with them and that they have support. Leela walked onto the highway early Sunday morning, was struck and killed by a tractor trailer. My death needs to mean something, were a few of her final words. 
And there are resources available. Cincinnati Children's has a new clinic for transgender kids, also the Heartland Trans Wellness Group, and there's also a trans hotline for suicide prevention. Of course, I'll make sure we get all of those links and phone numbers posted to our website, WLWT.com. Reporting live in Kings Mills, Karen Johnson, WLWT News 5. Karen, thank you. By the way, we did reach out to Leela's family tonight for a comment, but have not yet heard back. All right, so that was um, a news channel uh, shortly, I think, um, within a day, I think, the next day of Leela's suicide. And I apologize, it is it is long, uh, but uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and read the suicide note just in case you haven't had the opportunity to read it. So I do apologize, but here it is. If you are reading this, it means I have committed suicide and obviously failed to delete this post from my queue. Please don't be sad, for it is better. The life I would have lived isn't worth living in because I'm transgender. I could go into details explaining why I feel this way, but this note is probably going to be lengthy enough as it is. To put it simply, I feel like a girl trapped in a boy's body, and I've felt that way ever since I was four. I never knew there was a word for that feeling, nor was it possible for a boy to become a girl. So I never told anyone, and I just continued to do traditionally boyish boyish things trying to fit in. When I was 14, I learned what transgender meant and cried of happiness. After 10 years of confusion, I finally understood who I was. I immediately told my mom, and she reacted extremely negatively, telling me that it was a phase, that I would never truly be a girl, and that God doesn't make mistakes, that I am wrong. If you are reading this, parents, please don't tell this to your kids. Even if you are a Christian or against transgender people, don't say ever say that to someone, especially your kid. <clears throat> that won't do anything but make them hate themselves. That's exactly what it did to me. My mom started taking me to a therapist, would only take me to Christian therapists, who were all very biased. So I never actually got the therapy I needed to cure me of my depression. I only got more Christians telling me that I was selfish and wrong and I should look to God for help. When I was 16, I realized that my parents would never come around and that I would have to wait until I was 18 to start my my sort of transitioning treatment, which absolutely broke my heart. The longer you wait, the harder it is to transition. I felt hopeless that it was going to look that I was going to look like a man in drag for the rest of my life. On my 16th birthday, when I didn't receive consent from my parents to start transitioning, I cried myself to sleep. I formed a sort of a fuck you attitude toward my parents and came out as gay at school, thinking that maybe if I eased into coming out as trans, it would be less of a shock. Although the reaction from my friends were positive, was positive, my parents were pissed. They felt like I was attacking their image and that I was an embarrassment to them. They wanted me to be their perfect little straight Christian boy and that obviously not what I wanted. So they took me out of public schools, took away my laptop and phone and forbid me of getting on with my sort of social media completely isolating me from my friends. This was probably the part of my life that I was the most depressed, and I'm surprised I didn't kill myself. I was completely alone for five months. No friends, no support, no love, just my parents and the cruelty of loneliness. At the end of the school year, my parents finally came around and gave me the phone, gave me my phone to let me back on the social media. I was excited. I finally had my friends back. They were extremely excited to see me and talk to me, but only at first. Eventually, they realized they didn't actually give a shit about me, and I felt even lonelier than I did before. 
The only friends I thought I had only liked me because I saw them, because they saw me five times a week. After a summer of having almost no friends, plus the weight of having to think about college, save money for moving out, keep my grades up, go to church each week, and feel like shit because everyone there is against everything I live for, I have decided I've had enough. I'm never going to transition successfully, even when I move out. I'm never going to be happy with the way I look or sound. I'm never going to have enough friends to satisfy me. I'm never going to have enough love to satisfy me. I'm never going to find a man who loves me. I'm never going to be happy. Either I live the rest of my life as a lonely man who wishes he were a woman, or I live my life as a lonelier woman who hates herself. That's no winning. There's no way out. I'm sad enough already. I don't need my life to get any worse. People say it gets better, but that isn't true in my case. It gets worse each day. I get worse. That's the gist of it. That's why I keep feeling I feel like killing myself. Sorry if that's not a good enough reason for you. It's good enough for me. Is for my will, I want 100% of the things that I legally own to be sold, to, and the money plus the money in the bank to be given to the trans civil rights movement and support groups. I don't give a shit which one. The only way I will rest in peace is if one day transgender people aren't treated this way, the way I was. They're treated like humans with valid feelings and human rights. Gender means to be needs to be taught about in school, and earlier the better. My death mean excuse me. My death needs to mean something. My death needs to be counted in a number of transgender people who commit suicide this year. I want someone to look at this number and say that's fucked up, and fix it, fix society. All right, so that is uh, that's your letter. Uh, kind of long, kind of short. I mean, I, um, in some ways, of all the feelings, it would be um, could have been longer. Um, I guess. Uh, no, I guess that means nothing at this point. But as I'm as I'm reading this, as I did read this, one of the uh, a lot of things kind of came out or popped out and made me think about some things. And I'm sure it did the same thing with you. So before I get started here, I uh, want to make sure that you, if you want to get any feedback on things uh, throughout the show, you can give me a call at 949-534-0761. That's 949-534-0761. Also, some the more information is on the PRISM Radio website, and I'm doing a, um, I'm at the Facebook page. Um, I will be there to uh, to do some chat there if you have any thoughts on what uh, on any of the things that we're talking about. So, all right. So peeling back the layers, uh, I even made the comment. It's kind of like <clears throat> as someone I, I really enjoy cooking, and <clears throat> um, I live alone, and I'm cooking. I cook for myself, and so. Um, one and I like onion and I fix onion and a lot of things that I do and of course it's a it's an old saying about peeling the layers of the onion and people have multiple layers and and clearly Leela has multiple layers and clearly you as a listener you have multiple layers it isn't um, you aren't just about one thing or two things or three things and this whole life that Leela had what what she was dealing with is not about one thing or two things there are three things and. Um, the the number one thing looking at this is, as we go over this, there's at least three or four or five huge, 
huge issues that Leela was dealing with. And, and I think if you removed one of them, she would still be alive. It was just all of them kind of just fit just to make her life miserable at a at the exact moment, at that exact moment. And uh, so the peeling of the of the layers and, you know, the the onion makes you cry and, and everything, but eventually you get to it and eventually you have the ability to uh, reap the benefits of, of that onion, you know, whether you're cooking or in this situation trying to get to the bottom of things, trying to weed through all of this stuff and try to have make some kind of, of sense of how to move forward and and uh, and we'll talk I want to talk about a few of those things as we as we go through all this. So again this is the 91st Prison Radio show and this is uh, of course the uh, first show 2015 I've had a few new things uh, new music and new um um everything. So if you uh, have any feedback at all just let me know. You can email me at hollyknight at prismradio.com as well. All right, so to get started, <coughs> excuse me. And there's no special order on what I think is the most important necessarily. I'm not in kind of order, just kind of like as I as I read through these type of things and read through the letter and and see conversations, I'm just kind of making some notes. And here's some things that I I think were uh are continue to be highlighted highlighted by a lot of people and some issues. So so you got the situation, Leela was uh, 17, and parents did not accept her for religious reasons. Now, um, again, I've been, uh, as a transgender activist, uh, I've been in this community for a long, long time, 20 plus years, and talking to people, hearing people, reading about stuff and everything, and then, of course, uh, reading about it my whole life, and one of the things is that we can even separate that. The The issue is parents not accepting, and there is a Christian uh, um, theology that is also in there. I want to make it very clear, uh, based on everything that I know, is there are non-Christian parents that do not accept uh, trans kids, that do accept um, I think it's really a mistake, and uh, we're gonna and again peeling back these these uh, layers of onion. I think when you evaluate things, you got to be really, really clear on how you're evaluating to move forward, to to have the ability to do it. You have to try to look at it as as objectively as you possibly can, and as real as you possibly can. And if you exist at all, you do realize that there are a whole lot of people that. Uh, don't accept transgender and what their biblical beliefs are uh, a lot of times is not a factor. It's not a factor at all. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about parents accepting their kids. Now, we, we see on the news a lot anymore, and it seems like a lot. There's more and more that we see, but we see on the news about parents accepting their kids and actually helping them transition and going to school as they're uh, their true identity and, and that type of thing. And I think in some ways, and of course that's that's amazing, in a lot of ways that is like a huge benefit for our community. But I think in at least in Leela's situation, she probably was aware of this. And I think in some ways because it's kind of like, well, 
Johnny's parents accepted her or him or whatever, and my parents don't. And it kind of puts them in a situation where it's really difficult. It's kind of like the the whole thing is that uh, Jane's parents let her go to the prom, but why can't you let me go or that type of thing. You kind of compare the parents um, doing, um, allowing and and that type of thing. So I'm sure there was a little bit of that going on. And um, uh, parents just, and I, I'm a parent dealing with transgender people. I there are, I have friends that are 50 years or older that, that uh, struggle. Their parents struggle with this. And it has, it's nothing to do a lot of times with age or uh, faith or religious reasons. It just is that. And, and I've said this before, and I'm going to tell you, uh, we had this conversation soon after we heard about this uh, group of us here in town. And I have a, a 21-year-old son. And if he came and told me that he wanted he I was transgender, I would hate that. I wouldn't want that for him. I wouldn't want that for, for me. Um, I, I would hate that that's, you know, I was joking and it, it was a joke because I know it's not true. I, I would hope. I would wish that that was somehow a fad that he was going through and somehow uh, things would change the next day and say, never mind, and this is who I am, and and, um, I'm not that other person or or whatever. It would be really, really horrible uh, because the thing is, when you you love someone, there's a a two-way street, clearly, um, but one of the things is I, I love him, and I and I know what's going to happen when a transgender person transitions. That person becomes another person. You lose the other person. And I've done that to people that love me, and they they loved the male person that I was before. And a lot of them struggle with who I am today, and they see me as a different person. And I and I may be a little bit different, but I'm still I've got the same soul and the same heart and the same person but to them I'm a different person and I've actually did a show one time about how to the people that love us that when we transition it's almost like the the death we we die it's like they go through the cycles of of um, of uh, healing from loss and the um, mourning uh, like when people die and so a parent, though, I think sometimes we don't look at this clearly is if you're a parent, you you, you name the child. You, If you're the mom, of course, uh, most likely you uh, gave birth to that child. This child is there for all these years, and it just is very, very, very difficult. Now, would I love my child? Yes. If, if he felt that he wanted to transition, yes. I mean, I would probably be a pretty good parent in that situation and the advice that I could give and, and the help in, in that area. But I'm I'm telling you that it would be difficult still. As happy and as much as I want him to be happy, it would be painful for me to experience that. I would still love him, and I, I would I would not treat him the way that a lot of parents do. But, but I get, I understand the loss of someone uh, in this situation. To expect a parent 
even in the best situations, to expect a parent to start saying, using the right pronouns, to start using the right names, to fully accept that their son is going to be a girl, is going to be her their daughter, and and I think um, Leela said that she learned at fourteen, she died at seventeen. So you're talking three years period of time that that she just learned three years ago herself that she was dealing with it and trying to go through all those type of things. And I think from what I can tell, she told her mom at that point, and um, I read some other things that they haven't had a lot of conversation about it or anything like that. It's it's difficult. Uh, and to expect someone, I, I say all the time too, is that for me when I tell people, of course I'm over 50, but when I tell people, uh, about myself, that if they've known me for 20 years, it took me a long time to accept who I am. And that's just accepting me, let alone expecting other people to accept me and my name and my pronouns when they knew me before right away. So I don't know what kind of people they are. I, I read things on Facebook and I see things and I think most of it's baloney. And I think I would hate to be judged by comments on Facebook no matter what it is. Facebook is a bunch of crap in most situations. I think there's some benefit to it. Uh, There's some communication to it. But if you start judging things on Facebook, you're probably going to have a warped perception of of what is going on. Um, But there is some interesting things on there that I use um, to, to look at this. And so I don't know the parents or anything, but clearly they had a hard time with this. And to condemn parents for struggling with their child in the that is 17 with accepting their child being transgender that hasn't transitioned yet hasn't even started hormones yet is very very early in all these phases um you know uh, I'd say give the parents a little bit of break that's not the problem here I don't think um I think I mean that clearly it's a problem I mean it, I think the decision making that the parents did with removing Layla from uh, Leela from um, friends in the five months. I think that was a huge, huge thing that really, really harmed Leela that probably would be very difficult. I think that was a, a big mistake. But I tell you, I, I don't know what kind of advice that they got, but I do know that we as parents, and I'm a, I'm a teacher, been a teacher my whole, most of my uh, adult life, and you know that when you have kids and they have some issues with behavior, that a lot of times if you remove them, if you can try to remove them from their friends somehow, uh, it's it's the peer pressure that a lot of times. Now, they probably thought that Lilo, their child was transgender because of who they were hanging around. They They just don't understand, and that's partly what this is all about, somehow to reach these people. But, you know, we're, we're not going to find a way to cure ignorant parents it just isn't going to happen necessarily and they there's a lot of ignorance there on uh, on their part clearly all right so that's the the first thing on that and trying to pull away and try to get at these uh these layers of what's going on and what's what's happening <clears throat> with what happened with leela uh, i think if that again what we're talking about too is if if that was the only thing that leela was dealing with wasn't dealing with the the religious thing wasn't dealing with a lot of these other things. Uh, clearly, too, Leela felt that she had no ability if she didn't do it that day or that year. 
she had no ability to trans. She says, "I never, I, I'm never going to transition successfully, even when I move out. I'm never going to be happy with the way I look or sound. I'm never going to have enough friends to satisfy me. I'm never going to have enough love to satisfy me." So she really, and I think it's a lack of knowledge there on her part that there are a whole lot of. People in this situation, trans girls. There's a whole lot of trans girls that transition after 18 that do really, really well in those areas, presenting and um, existing and that type of thing. And so, uh, for whatever reason, she felt that she had to transition then to uh, um, or start the hormones and 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 to be able to present better. And that's a lack of information. And and there's, if you get online and talk about those type of things, there's a whole lot of people that are out there and saying, you know, you've got to get out there and you got to do it today and you got to hurry and you got to rush and, and you don't have time and it's a whole lot better to do it before you're blah, blah, blah in this age and this age and everything. And, and it's... It, we're not doing in we're not doing them anybody any favors by trying to tell them any of these things and and just to learn that she was transgender at fourteen there's a whole lot of things she needed to do to get to point where she's ready to start transitioning in in my mind so all right so that's with that said I'm going to uh play a little bit of a commercial give myself a little bit of bre- breather give you a little bit of breather and I'll be back here let me see if I can find the uh wait there it is we'll be back in about a minute <clears throat> i want to tell you about my hair salon the owner's name is lisa and it is called big hair peace and she does wonderful work it is at 314 wall street in jeffersonville which is just across the river in downtown jeffersonville You will need to call Lisa at 812-920-1258. That's 812-920-1258 to make an appointment and tell her you heard about her from Holly. Okay, welcome back. We're talking about Leela's suicide, um, and uh, the title of the of the show is "Peeling Back the Layers of uh, Leela's Suicide." And so, there's a, there, we've just read her letter. We're kind of going over a couple things from the letter, mostly the suicide note. <clears throat> and the other topic is the Christian the Christian thing. Um, and my my notes here is like how Christians overall handle transgender people, but but clearly what uh, uh, Leela's parents, how Leela's parents, there was a couple things that they did, and uh, Leela was talking about it. Says I immediately told my mom, and she reacted extremely negatively, telling me that it was a phase, that I would really never truly be a girl, and that God doesn't make mistakes, that I am wrong. And Lita said, if you're reading this, parents, please don't tell this to your kids. Even if you're a Christian or against transgender people, don't say that. Now, 
so there, I could do a whole show on each one of these topics, and so I'm just kind of get a. And some of these I have already done shows on, and some of them I will probably do uh, shows on. And one of the things is the Christian approach to transgender is um, uh, would be is going to be a show that I will uh, do so at some point. So I'm going to use the word I heard this the other day, and. Um, it was it was a uh, health type of show, like the doctors, I think, and they were talking about overeat, overeating and or overweight people, obese people, and that kind of stuff. And so they were talking about how people are heavy and how other people, doctors or health providers or friends or family, will what and what they call it was fat shaming. So they shame the person and and uh, trying to make them realize that they are fat. And they need to change the ways. And I guess, um, I, I just guess that uh, so many people don't experience a situation where they are trying to motivate someone else to make a change in their life enough that they don't get that. And again, I was a coach for almost 30 years and I'm a teacher. That's what we do. I mean, that's what coaches and teachers do. You're basically trying to motivate people and making changes, whether it's academic changes or uh, athletic changes or physical changes or strategic changes. You got to get better at this. You got to get better at this and, and that type of thing. And um, so one of the things you do figure out at some point is that shaming the person to do things, making them feel ashamed of themselves is really not a very good way of going about things. It, it's uh, it's extremely destructive and you may get something quick. You may get them to behave the, the way you want them very, very quickly, but it just is not very good. But, but clearly, this is a phrase I've never heard before, was fat shaming and that's being used. And Christian's Christian people use the shaming type of uh, attitude completely all the time. It is in every regard from, and it's the shame if you are a Christian. And I, I heard a sermon today that we're talking about suicide, ironically, and I don't, I didn't hear it the first part. I was watching on TV, and I and I wonder if it was because of what was going on and and that type of thing, and and the um, the shaming approach by parents, whether they're Christian or not, by parents trying to get their kids to do stuff, absolutely is pathetic on how often that that method is used. And first of all, if you know anything about human beings, you know that change has is, is got to be internal. You can't be told. I mean, you can change, but you're not going to really change only in how you do some things. But you have to want to change before you're able to, to do anything. And uh, so it's it's absolutely absolutely crazy. <clears throat> so this is in the, this I just saw in a uh, in a post here. Uh, Carla Alcorn is Leela's mother, and said that uh, in this it was uh, spoke to CNN yesterday saying they could not support him being transgender relig- religiously, but we told him that we loved him unconditionally. We loved him no matter what. I love my son. People know him that I uh, that I loved him. He was a good kid, a good boy. All right. Now, um, again, as a parent, uh, just thinking about it, I, to hold a parent accountable on behavior after the suicide. I, I, this this is what been a week. 
It's 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 not been very long, and it just I I don't know. I, I know personally, I would hate to be held accountable, and I would ha- hope somebody would realize that I'm going through a period of time. If I lost my child from any reason, uh, I've been around people that that have lost children, uh, lost their children for different things, from uh, dying from wrecks and things like that. <laughs> You don't ever get over it. You just don't ever get over it. And something like this, uh, I think the, they they had a hard time dealing with all kinds of things. And to just pound, on, just imagine you're going through all this mourning if you just lost your child that you do love. I mean, I don't think there's any, from what I can tell, I don't think there's any doubt that the the, the parents loved Leela. It's the dealing with all this other stuff that they didn't do very well. And now they got to talk to the CNN. They got to do this. Got to do that. And and it, it, it's it's pathetic. It's it really it's really really sad. So here's some quotes I think from the CNN thing that this uh, this article had. It says Carla uh, Alcorn told CNN that her child was depressed and that counselors and psychiatrists gave the teenager medication. He just quit taking. Um, he just quit talking about it being transgender. She said. Her child came to her only once to say he was transgender, Carla Alcorn insisted. The first time she heard the name Leela was on a teen suicide note. He never said the name before. Carla Alcorn recalled her teen asking for transition surgery. She told her child no. Um, She said because we don't have the money for anything like that. So so anyway, there's a lot of those type of things. I think to to uh, again I think to stereotype Christian parents because of what they did I think is really really bad. Uh what was the comment that Leela said God doesn't make mistakes is what they said. I I've heard that before. I don't believe God makes mistakes uh either. Uh I think I don't understand. I just don't get cuz I've heard Christians have told me that before. Um about me when I came out to them and, and everything, and and I don't think a transgender person even claims that it's a mistake, in in some ways. But but there is uh, every day there's thousands of people born with birth defects, um, and I, some people are offended by transgender being a birth defect. In my mind, it feels like one. It feels like I have. Physically, when you fix things physically, you're fixed that I was born with. I want to remove things that I was born with. So therefore, that's like a birth defect in my in my thinking. Um, and there are birth defects. So um, it just depends on how you look at it. But if there, uh, it it just it makes it, that doesn't make any sense either. So there's there's a lot of ignorance coming from that from that area. So my my take on this, I don't want to talk about the Christian thing very much uh completely, but my take on this is that it, 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 if you're going to if you're going to stereotype Christians um uh, for this type of thing, then you're being a little hypocritical critical yourself because uh they're all Christians don't feel the same way. And just because some do doesn't mean all do. And it's the same thing as you probably, if you're an LGBT person, um, you probably have dealt with stereotypes and realized that you're not, if you are gay, you're not like all gay people or lesbian or transgender or whatever. So it's, it's. Uh, so I think we need to kind of lay off that type of thing too. Now, is there some education going involved? Yes, there's no doubt on that. 
again, I talk about it is so if you remove the parents' ignorance, and it's just their feelings on the on the Christian thing, but then you got those two things right there. Now, um, again, if you could just remove one of these things, probably would have made things a little bit better. All right, so I'm kind of rambling a little bit. I apologize. So the use of pronouns. I want to get to this real quick. <sighs> The the media, and this is not going to be a very popular thing either to the transgender community, and a lot of people listening probably, and I apologize, but it's just the way I think. And um, I, I, first of all, I think we put too much emphasis on being mispronounced or, or pronouns. I mean, I think it's important. There's no doubt. I, and I, I appreciate when uh, the pronouns, the correct pronouns, it's very, very important. But this, this teen just committed suicide, and we're just pounding this pronoun thing. And it's not even close. It's not even close. Not even in the ballparks. Not has no no business for this conversation to be part of this type of thing as a pronoun. First of all, there's no stating of of Leela as far as being mispronounced necessarily. Um, there's talking about the tombstone and things like that. Personally, that's nobody's business. That's the family's business. What they do there, and to protest that kind of stuff. Um, and I was talking about somebody earlier today, and I know there was some discussion, it sounds like, on some transitioning. But um, I, I know for, for me as an adult transitioning, until I changed my name, until I transitioned, then I'm not sure I would have had the right in my for any – I mean, I would have had the right to request it and maybe got it done. But what name is on my tombstone – um, I'm not sure that that's it's it's uh, I don't know. I, I think you pretty much have to transition before you can pretty much think about those type of things anyway. Um, and uh, for a parents to put uh, a name of someone that uh, didn't exist to them um, at this point and only heard it once, it looks like. Uh, so that, that's that's and it just again, it's a pretty pretty sad type of a thing. Now I have been I have been admiring CNN and a lot of these companies, a lot of these media people, they're using the correct pronouns and I think that's the proper thing to when you refer to her and that type of stuff. I think that's that's really good, but if the parents don't use the correct pronouns, that's the last group that you're going to get somebody to use the correct pronouns. The parents are just not going to do it very quickly. And I say all the time, as the mom that gave birth to you, gave birth to a son, is going to have a really hard time calling her son a girl. It just is going to be difficult. And um, so that's that's going to be, I think, let the pronouns stuff go, deal with more important type of things, I think. All right, so again, I'm rambling. I'm just kind of giving my feelings, peeling back some different things. <clears throat> all right, so now the the meat of what's going on here, the real issue here is not pronouns. It's really not the Christian thing. It's really not the lack of acceptance because quite honestly, suicide is a is a epidemic issue, I guess. It's a very serious issue for people that are transgender, people LGBT, people that are not. I read I had a trans uh, suicide show one time uh, a few years ago and and some research and I I don't know how much things have changed since then. But uh, the the suicide rate like the mo the group that has the most successful suicide rate as far as non LGBT as um, like middle class men 
that um, that commit suicide that probably are somewhat successful in all ways and don't have to deal with a lot of things that we're talking about dealing with and still are committing suicide. So I put some links on my website about this. So um, probably if you would talk to any uh, any transgender person, I would say if you let's put it this way, I would say if you have talked to, uh, if you get a chance to, if you know any, if you talk to let's say a uh, hundred some transgender people, I know that when I talk to my friends and we talk about these type of things, most of them have strongly considered or even attempted suicide. Suicide is something that we all probably think about. It's something that I have gone through. I haven't attempted it, but I've thought about it a couple of times in my life, to, uh, probably twice, real serious. And um, my feeling on, on all this is that um, suicide is, is kind of something that we all kind of deal with. Um, I think that... Um, there's there's ways to um to help people handle the the steps before that any of the stuff that i've read on, on suicide has been things that um um that that can help you prevent suicide i'm not sure honestly if it helps that much i'm going to if you go to my prism radio site i'm going to give you a couple of titles here that um will um that's pretty interesting. And I did find this website called Waking Up Alive. And Waking Up Alive is a suicide, a post-suicide attempt survivor's website. And it is, um, and this is kind of the, the first part of this website. It says they call it Waking Up Alive, that moment you're aware your suicide attempt was not fatal. If this happens to you, then you know what I mean. You weren't expecting to still be here, and now you actually have to put up the pieces Put the pieces of your broken life back together. Wow. Never really thought about that. Is you uh, The things that you have to go through if you fail, uh, I guess, or succeed. I don't know how you want to say But if your attempt to commit suicide did not, um, you did not uh, die from your attempt to suicide. So it's Waking Up Alive. It's really, really a pretty good looking site. So if you are someone that has gone through this is really uh, helpful probably for those people that have gone through that. Uh, the other one is called TED Blog. It's a TED, it's a similar type of site. He's talking about some things. and <clears throat> He uh, attempted suicide and um, comes up with some things about, uh, he says, real advice for those who's attempted suicide and want to step back into life. And so he gives some things like live simply, cultivate sacred spaces, journal regularly, create works of beauty, uh, abstains from substances, assemble your dream team, manage your primary illness, find a caring community, um, and different things. This is soon after your attempt, and um, you're trying to get back into the world and <clears throat> exist. Now, we, if you're a transgender, you're aware of this. This is kind of new. It's called Trans Lifeline. <clears throat> And the phone number is 877-565-8860. It's a transgender lifeline for youth, youth LGBT youth, ages 24 and younger. And, of course, there's the Trevor Project lifeline can be reached at 866. Oops, the phone number wasn't complete. 
but that's called the Trevor uh, Project uh, Lifeline. And then there's a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 that can be reached 24 hours a day. People all um, ages and identities. So we were talking earlier as far as the suicide prevention and everything. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm just not sure how much a, a hotline would help someone like Leela at that moment she is ready to do that, ready to 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 uh, uh, take her life. Uh, it may. Uh, I don't know if someone happened to do there. I think um, the, there has to be some some things before that gets to that point to help. And someone has to be close, has to recognize, and has to be there to help her and, and to make sure that um, she feels that she is accepted and loved and, and that type of thing. So um, so the suicide, there's all these tips and everything like there. Um, what I would suggest in experiences if, as a parent, and, and for those that are parents or those that, are, that have friends or whatever, <clears throat> I think there's some tips that you can have in, in recognizing suicide um, um, thoughts and um excuse me i got somebody posting something here and so i think there's some tips that you can have in um um you know to help them so in uh, the web md has some suicide warning signs and any of the following could be potential warning signs for suicide if you know someone and that type of thing and i think those are some things that really really matter uh, to get in and now I, I think a lot of times parents are probably the last to know this but <clears throat> so excessive sadness or moodiness long lasting sadness mood swings or unexpected rage hopelessness feeling a deep sense of hopelessness about the future sleep problems sudden calmness which would uh, the sudden calmness would make sense to me uh, withdrawal um, choosing to be alone avoiding friends or social activities then there's changes in personality and or appearance. One of the things is, as a teacher, we all if if a child, if someone under 18 changes personality and or appearance, fairly recognizable. That, that's it can be a sign for so many problems. And if you notice that type of thing, or any of these type of things, if if you notice these, I can't. I can, honestly, I can't imagine being a parent and you noticing your kids going through these changes and not trying to find out what's going on. Uh, <clears throat> dangerous or self-harmful behavior, of course, recent trauma or life crisis, making preparations. Often a person considering suicide will begin put his or her personal business in order. This might include visiting friends or family members, uh, that type of thing, and then threatening suicide. From 50% to 75% of those considering suicide will give someone, a friend or relative, a warning sign. However, not everyone who is considering suicide will say so, and not everyone who threatens suicide will follow through with it. Every threat of suicide should be taken seriously. So that's WebMD and some things there. So <clears throat> I think the, um, the the issue that we trying to work on and try to, or we need to work on, we need to focus on is is um, the suicide part of this and trying to uh, stop as much as we can with this and trying to uh, be there for people and try to offer our and just if you care about somebody, whether they're trans, LGBT, or anything, if you care about somebody, 
uh, ask them. There, it's nothing. There's not a problem uh, to ask them. <clears throat> and WebMD says, what should you do if you think if uh, someone is suicidal? It says, don't be afraid to ask if he or she is depressed or thinking about suicide. Ask if he or she is seeking a therapist or taking medication. Rather than talk, trying to talk the person out of suicide, let him or her know that depression is temporary and treatable. In some cases, the person just needs to know that someone cares and looking for the chance to talk with this, with his or her feelings. You can then encourage a person to seek professional help. So, yeah, I think to ask the person. And I was told I took a uh, as a as a teacher and I was a hall director at one time. I took some suicide training stuff, and I was told uh, that you can, if you ask them if they've considered suicide, even also ask them if they. Uh, have thought about how to do it. And a lot of times if they do, then that's pretty serious. And to try to help them even uh, even more. So, all right. So, again, I'm rambling a little bit, and I apologize here. Um, so I got some notes here. And the the last couple things I want to talk about is what really, what transgender people really, really want. And... And what we really, really need and what we're really, really seeking, whether we know this or not. And you talk about different things. Now, in Leela's situation, just being accepted by mom and dad probably would have gone a, a whole long way. Or even if it's just one of them. Uh, and, of course, the other thing is is removing her from all contact. It was That was uh, amazingly destructive for her at that point. And then her friends kind of, whatever they did to... Um, make her feel that they didn't care about her anymore since she wasn't going to school. Um, you know, it just continues all these things kind of going and adding up and adding up and adding up. <clears throat> so if you're a transgender person, of course, because you're presenting different, so there's some issues that are a little bit different than uh, LG or B people. But if you're a transgender person and and um, what you're really, really wanting, what you're is that there there's kind of levels because so I'll kind of give you some uh, a walk through this type of thing is that a transgender person, probably pretty much no matter what age, at some point they have this uh, experience, desire to venture out in public. Uh, not all, but some, uh, if you are, um, especially if you're a little bit more um, uh, the type that's going to transition probably for sure. And so you have this desire this to to venture out in public. And it may not be to meet somebody. It may like drive your car or uh, just walk out your backyard and those type of things. That's very, very beginning and just experiencing that type of feeling. And that's that's huge. Then the next level gets to be where you are probably going to be around people. And a lot of times you, you, you choose places that you think you're going to be pretty safe and pretty accepted at that point. And for a lot of us, it's like the gay bar scene, that type of thing, because that's where we pretty much are going to be accepted as who we present. Uh, whether we do it poorly or well, we're still going to be accepted in that way. Now, of course, if you're 17 or at that age, you don't have available, and that's that's a very difficult situation there. But um, So you go through this point where you can kind of venture out and be accepted at that point. <clears throat> 
Now, for a lot of the transgender people, they kind of stop there. A lot of people, they go out on weekends and they just do that the rest of life and they kind of exist as a two, that part of their life and they can go to different places. And it doesn't have to be weekends. It could be week, but they have a dual life and sometimes they exist as that other uh, uh, that other gender. So then when you start transitioning, it gets a little bit more uh, your needs change a little bit. I don't think you realize it until you get going because when you first started, you were just happy to walk out in public and getting in your car and you were just happy to exist and go to get gas that way or, or just the very, very basic things. So then what happens is you start expecting to be accepted and the pronoun thing is part of being accepted. If If you get called if you get mispronounced, that's a level of not being accepted. And so you you um, you get to the point where that's what you're looking for. And you you either get frustrated or angry or you learn from things uh, when you are mispronounced. But you want to be accepted in that, that desire to be accepted. That, that continues throughout all of this. But the, the last thing is that people don't think about is to be loved. I mean, to to be loved for who you are. And uh, I know as uh, in my life, personally, that I feel loved as I felt loved as the person I was before. I feel loved as the person I am today. Uh, I feel loved by people that there, there's only a handful of people that l- really, truly know both of me, uh, the person I was before and now the person I am today. Uh, and those people, I feel loved by them. And then, of course, there's different loves. There's loves from your love from your family and love from your friends, and there's romantic love. And the um, to to be accepted is great from a family member, but to be loved that's that's going to be really really tough for that to happen. And uh, but from friends, and that's one thing is that that people that I have met just as myself that didn't know the person before. That's a little bit easier to get. I, uh, you rarely, rarely, rarely get mispronoun from those people, and uh, you get uh, probably a little bit more of a uh, consistent emotional um, response and that from from them. But to be loved as who you are, as this other person, is truly what we really most of the time really want to get to. Being accepted is great. But there's still something missing. You want, to, uh, is, and that's the love part. When we, as human beings, when we, especially as parents or adults, as teachers, as Christians, as whatever, and we tell someone something in a situation where we are condemning them, that doesn't feel like it's accepted or love. And if you are a parent or if you are listening and you're a parent of a trans person or LGBT or a heavy person or any of that type of thing, the you can't condemn and love someone at the same time. You just can't do that. It, it's not going to work. They're not going to feel that way. And what they feel is what matters. It's not what you are trying to do. It's what they feel. They have to feel loved. And if they feel loved, so much more can be accomplished. I had this conversation too. Is like the condemn condemnation, and I think the um, uh, what is the word? What is the thing? It's the um, uh, um, oh, it's not empower. 
but it is uh, when someone, darn it, darn it, darn it, didn't write that down. But to get back to it, I may remember what the word is. But but the bottom line is that as a as a Christian, as a parent, as as someone that is that cares about someone, give them love and and just stay with that. And when and that's the thing too. Of course, most of you are listening. You get this, and I think. Um, you're not going to condemn someone from not being transgender. That's just not going to happen. If they identify as transgender, that's, there's nothing going to change. That's It's like trying to get someone to say that they're not left-handed or that they're not, um, if they are cisgender, saying that you're not male. You can't get that. They're not going to change. You can't condemn them. You can't shame them even enough to get them to change. So... Um, Love each other, love people more, shame people less, condemn people less, condemn people not at all. Give them a chance to grow, uh, be there for them, and um, and spread that. I don't, I don't know. Clearly, we can't do anything for for Leela, but we can. Maybe it's a, it's some kind of a spreading of of things. You know how good things or bad things can spread. Maybe good things can spread. Maybe. And, and I get a little bit of an issue too, is that because um, people see the parents condemning Leela, now we're we're condemning the parents. Uh, that that's not going to change that either. It, it, it's I know it's anger and it's hate, and and uh, but you can't cure hate with hate. You can't cure condemnation with condemnation. You have to do it with love. All this is based on love, and if you and it's you got to love people for what they are and who they are. And if even the people don't like you or even the people that don't agree with you because it's not going to do anybody any good. So love people more and then they will love more people and people more. And maybe there's some kind of way we can get that out to people a little bit. The... um, so that's my my take on it. I, oh, I do have someone here at call. I'm, I'm sorry they were here a little bit. Let's see. Hello, caller. Who do we have? Hey, my name's Amber. Hi, Amber. Hey, Amber. Uh, or I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. been a really long night. Um, yeah, that's fine. Thinking about thinking about her suicide, Leela's suicide, and everything that's going on in the midst of uh, transitioning myself. Um, uh-huh. It really hits home because in the midst of transitioning, um, you come to points where you wonder, does it matter? You know, why Why does, you know, um, when you come out to people, even if they accept and they give you that look like, you know, I'm going to try, you feel like it almost seems like too much. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it, it, go ahead. It's, I, I mean, I'm from I'm from Lexington. I'm 40 miles, 50 miles down the road from you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it to me, sometimes it seems like it, it – even though you come out and even when people say they accept, they don't understand. And and the the feeling of them not being able to understand and them trying 
sometimes it's it, it's it's so much more than it seems like you can bear, and you do everything you can. Right. Um, it, so, it just really breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So you want me to tell you how I deal with that, or I've dealt with that personally? Uh, yeah, that'd be just, great. Um, so when I transitioned, when I um, and uh, the and I I learned this actually. There's a friend of mine. I will put it another way. There's a friend of mine that back before I transitioned, I was in the process of transitioning. And uh, this friend of mine's a trans woman. She transitioned before I did, and I think she, in my opinion, and I told her because she was a friend, and I thought she kind of went things about things kind of uh, haphazardly and kind of quick and. She responded uh, in in a lot of ways that I felt was not very healthy. And for one of them was, for example, she transitioned and and quickly re- almost demanded her mom refer to her as uh, she and the new name. And that and that of course did not go very well. And so then that caused her to have really, really angry, negative thoughts toward her mom and basically completely separated the two of them, which was, uh, which was bad. The other thing that she did is she, this kind of the thing is when, when you transition uh, and of course, if, when you exist out in public as a trans woman, for example, um, hopefully you get called ma'am more than you don't. Uh, but when you transition, Especially in this, when her situation, she already changed her name. She was working as a as a woman and things like that. And she would tell me on occasion that uh, she got mammed. She talk about getting mammed. I'm thinking, you know, the the excitement of getting mammed should have been passed way beyond this person. At the, way before this, the excitement of getting mammed should right. get absolutely yeah. right. So one of the things is right. that I, I get learned, mammed a lot more than I do third. Yeah, and and. That's even when I'm not out, like when I'm trying to be and yeah, you right. know, um, non non gendered. When I'm trying to be, yeah. you know, as an- androgenic as possible or whatever right. you say, you know, yeah, um, yeah, I still get ma'am more than I do sir, um, right? Because of that, you know, right? Um, well, what I'm anyway. so what I learned from that is that. So in my mind, I'm thinking that when I, at that point, I was thinking when I transition, I'm I'm hoping that I'm kind of past that. So the moral of the story, what I'm trying to say is, then what I decided to do when I transitioned is, and that what I told my friend is, is, you know, you've transitioned. You know, you can't worry about this stuff anymore. You're kind of past the point of worrying about it, if they're going to man me or not. And so what I told myself is that once I made that leap, is that if someone misgendered me as someone, um, I, I don't like it necessarily, but I was not going to let any of that hurt my feelings, make me negative, make me painful, give me any kind of pain. Now, would I do I prefer being, I don't like getting misgendered or anything, but I was not going to let that affect my my feelings about who I was. And we have a we have, there's a friend that we uh, we talk to all the time and, and one of the things that I do all the time in in our Sienna group we talk about these things is we have to separate who we are from how we're treated if that makes any sense is that it there does. there's 
Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't blend very good, but they clearly know who they are. And they may get misgendered half the time or three-fourths of the time, but they know that this is the person that they are. And to you, in my opinion, the only way that you can exist as a transgender person is to somehow turn off that. I mean, it takes time. It's not just say, today I'm not going to be affected by it. But to turn that off, because that's going to drive you crazy, as you already have said, if every moment you go to the store, when you go to get your oil changed or whatever, you're dealing with the fear of getting misgendered and how people are, are treating you. Um, yesterday, I, I go to the drugstore yesterday, and and everything is going fine. And uh, it was a tall girl. I'm 5'10", and she was taller than I am, and she was waiting on me and stuff. And I just got a couple things, and I, I noticed that uh, I'm, I'm – filling in writing my receipt you know for the check the card and stuff and I'm things and she and one of the things probably about me that I I think is probably the most readable is my hands probably and uh, so I, you could tell she looked my hands and then I looked at her she was kind of looking at me closer I thought you know she didn't say a word she didn't say anything she you know she treated me fine but right away as a trans woman I'm thinking well she just read me or she's Right, Yeah, and so right away, that's what I'm thinking about. But it could have been, I'm thinking maybe, because I'm older, maybe she noticed my hands looked older than my face. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe she liked my nails. Maybe she didn't like my nails. Maybe I looked familiar. Maybe there could have been a thousand things there. And you drive yourself crazy if you think of those things. You just, I think you do the best you can, and you try not to let those things affect you as much as you can and uh, you know that's Absolutely. yeah and just just yeah because, i've, I've yeah. come out to my i've come i've come out to my mom mm-hmm. and almost all of my family um yeah and which my mom's going through the it's just a phase deal yeah and yeah and i get i get misgendered by her and i understand it and i'm not affected by it and I mean that because I'm really not. Um, yeah. I understand where she's coming from, and my friends that know, uh, well, 90% of them know now, and my brothers and my sisters, they know. And I'm not affected by the misgender because I know that there is uh, there's a need for them to learn. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's going to take a while. Feelings. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. They've known me for, you know, I'm in my mid-30s, so they've known me this long right. um, with a male, you know, um, whatever, and now they're learning who I really am, so it's going to take mm-hmm. them a while to adjust. Yeah. Uh, but in the midst of things, I still feel like I get lost in who I am, and it's just hard. It's just really uh, explain, hard. Explain, explain. What the feeling is? I get lost with who you are. I'm not. Tell me more. The, the dysphoria. Um, with I am, you know, um, still trying to live in um, this world that's male dominated, and try to explain to people that even though I was born with male genitalia, I'm not a man. And that I I feel like I was born in the wrong body, and I was born in the wrong body, 
and that I am female despite what I appear on the outside. Mm-hmm. And for people to understand it, and the, um, you know, uh, being a white male in society, especially in the South, is like there's so much opportunity and there's so much that's just given to you. Right, right. And people look at you and they want to know, why would you want to give that up? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, so, and yeah, do, like, do they, you would Do they actually... Is that, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, what were you saying, Holly? I'm sorry. I, that's fine. Do they, do you, when you talk about the getting understood, do they, do they ask you uh, specific questions that you're trying to explain, or do you just volunteer trying to explain? Uh, a little mixture of both. I get uh-huh. the why from... So does that mean that everything's going? Question, which is pretty personal. <laughs> uh, you get that from friends, the, or you get that from? I uh, actually, my friends are a little bit more reluctant to ask those questions. Yeah. Than people yeah, that I, I don't think. know that well. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the people that you don't know that well that seem like they're entitled to know what your plans are for your surgeries and what your plans <laughs> are for this and. Okay, yeah. so if you're married, are you going to stay with her? And and they don't realize that sex and gender are two different things. And, right. You know, yeah, exactly. uh, and the deal, the ability to accept the fact that others are trying to accept who you are and 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 trying to go through teaching everybody all over again every single time you come out, uh-huh. Is sometimes a big weight, and it can be it can be a lot to to for a person that okay, I got to explain this again. I love this person. Yes, uh-huh. I understand. They don't understand, uh-huh. you know. And but but after a while, the turmoil in your mind of do I really have to go through this again with another person, <laughs> despite how much I love them? Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I mean, you still get the self-destructive thoughts of, you know, this sucks. Yeah. This. Yeah. This, you know, when is it going to be where the world sees me as me and understands that, you know, the gender binary is not just black, white, or black, white, and gray. There's a whole big line there of people that lie in between male and female. Yeah. There's a there's a saying that I just saw earlier it had nothing to do with um, transgender or anything like that, but it's been around a long time. And I don't, I'm probably going to misquote the quote, but it's that uh, a thousand miles begins with one step, some kind of a quote like that. <clears throat> and I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. And I and I think um, you 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 seem to be uh, someone that that has a lot of passion for who you are and for those that care about you and you're trying to do the right thing a lot of times but I would just I'm just going to give you some what I think first of all when they ask questions a lot of times that's a good thing in some ways because that means that they're curious and that is an opportunity to teach in some ways so maybe trying to look at it as a positive the, the other thing is 
the journey of the our society and the transgender community as a as a as a uh, as far as the United States society is considered is very very young i mean we're I know to us in the transgender community, we know we've been around for a long, long, long time. But to everybody else, we're it's kind of a new thing to them. And uh, yeah, we're we're in the first couple steps of that thousand mile journey, and it's going to take a while to get to the point where people are just going to accept all of us at face value or whatever we that type of thing. And there's a lot of lot of stuff to do. And I don't want to be depressing, but uh, you do what you can. The other, the other thing is when I came out to, first of all, uh, I, there's a couple things because I, I, I always plan things. So when I came out mm-hmm. to to my family and some of my friends, I, I guess the the other thing is I don't feel like I have to come out to everyone. If they, if, if if I run into them, if I know them or whatever, if they haven't heard or they don't know or anything like that, that's not a big issue, and uh, it's it's not I, I'm not going to come out to everyone. So, uh, but those that I did, I I think that, and the first thing is I told them is that this is I want you. There's not going to be any discussion about sex. I don't that that has nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about in, in this area. And uh, I would just, and the other thing is, I always assumed that this was going to be, especially like with my brother or my aunts or my really close friends, I always assumed it was going to be maybe a three or four conversation. I didn't feel like I had, I think it's, I didn't feel like I had to talk about everything in that first time. I kind of gave them a little bit of information. Well, there's no way. There's no way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I would say um, just... Personally, I, you know, live your life and let let them. If you if you feel like it's a good day and you don't feel like and you want to spend an hour explaining to them what transgender is and the binary and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I would say 90% of the people I talk to don't even understand. There's a, the, I think they don't even think about the world as a binary. They just take it for granted that it is. And uh, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, you're. It feels like you're taking upon yourself to do a whole lot of things that that maybe just you've got to take care of yourself. You've got to take care of people that you care about um, and um, just kind of let the other people kind of let them go. <laughs> they're, they're probably yeah. not going to learn too much anyway. So now Amber, now uh, have you, uh, are I think you said that you're married to, um, are you married? I am to a yeah. woman. Yeah, is she accepting yeah. everything fine? Um, as best as she can, as yeah. best as she can. She's uh, yeah. every day is it, it, a learning experience. Yeah. Every day is a learning experience. Yeah. I can say that. Um, I have wonderful friends. Uh, most of my friends are uh, uh, that are um, trans allies and trans friends are from South Carolina. Um, uh, I'm friends with the gender vendors crowd and. Uh, Spartanburg Maryland. area, and they're wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But besides that, I live in Kentucky now, and I don't, you know, I it, it's hard once you get into a new location um, to really fa- find that again because we as trans people are very reluctant to make friends easily. Yeah. Uh, now, there's because a group. we're reluctant to trust. Yeah, yeah. 
There's a group called Trans Kentucky that is in Lexington. I don't know if you've heard about them yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have heard of them. I just, yeah. you know, I'm a workaholic. I, I spend most <laughs> of my time trying to pretend that I'm someone else uh, to make a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. And, uh, and in the midst of uh, transitioning and everything else, it's just uh, yeah. it's just a handful. Um, it is. It and, is. And so, you know, I have some trans friends around here that are like, what are you doing still? You know, you pretty much, for the most part, pass as a female, and you're still living in a row as a male. You go to work as a male, and what are you doing? And it's not only just... For my sake, but it's for my loved one's sake, and it's oh, for exactly. everyone else's exactly. sake. That, you know, because yeah. if she's not ready for me to come out, that that means we're not ready yeah. for me to come out. And you know, if a, if a transgender person is given any other transgender person any kind of pressure to come out or to transition faster, uh, you know, just they're stupid. That's idiotic to even do that. Ignore that. You're on your own schedule. Don't listen to them, and you've got to take care of yourself and your family and to do that things. And and uh, so I, you know, that that wears me out. It makes me so mad when people do that type of thing. Um, so it's you're 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 doing fine. Take your time. Make sure because you, you know you you don't want. The more time you take, the better chance you have to not lose everything in your life. And those that try to hurry exactly. up and stuff lose lose almost everything. So, yeah, you're doing you're right. doing fine. I, yeah. I, I I'm trying not to give the world an ultimatum of accepting yeah. or else. That's because a great I feel way like if yeah. you yeah if you if you walk around the world with your back against the wall, they're gonna think that something's up. Yeah. Whereas you just you know say hey I am me, I'm the same person I've always been, but this is something new that you didn't know about me before, mm-hmm. but I'm still the same person, and then let them deal with it. And, you know, as the people that are closest to me, as my mom and my wife, begin to um, get adjusted to the fact, then maybe I can become more myself. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you'll, and yeah. I'm not, it's not the easiest thing in the world to, to hold back and continue to be no, somebody, it is very tough. you know. Mm-hmm. But in the same right, it's it's better than going throughout it and saying, "Well, if you don't accept me, you know, right. whatever, I'm done with you," and then being alone completely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just sound like you're doing pretty good, and I know that you know. Uh, yeah, Tammy is on the the chat here. She said, "Good luck, uh, Amber," and thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Tammy. So, the um, uh, sounds like you're doing pretty good. Sounds like everything. And uh, there was conversation uh, about something, but uh, transitioning from uh, and I, I'm going to just say from male to female because that's what I know a little bit about. But transitioning from male to female is really, really hard to change genders uh, physically, socially, personally, uh, legally, and all that kind of stuff. It, it's just a very, very difficult, difficult thing, and it's a lifetime of it's not something you just put on clothes and then go to work. It, it, there's all these other other things that you have to deal with. So, uh, so you're doing good. Uh, let us know. Keep keep in touch. Let me know how things are going. And uh, uh, 
So, oh, somebody on, uh, oh, <laughs> Michelle. Go ahead and on, take those other calls. That's fine. No, I, thank Michelle you so much, sent, Holly. Yeah, Michelle just sent you a, uh, a little uh, uh, thing on Facebook for you. So, like, uh, I think it looks like a girl saying hi, I, I think, and stuff. So, so you got friends and continue to stay in touch and let me know anything we can do to help. All right. Thank you, Holly. Okay. Thank you for calling. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to let Amber go here. There's this, uh, everybody probably knows what um, <clears throat> the uh, serenity prayer is, if you haven't. It's, um, it's been around a long time. And it's kind of my uh, motto with my life as much as I possibly can. And I'll, I'll tell you what it is, just in case you haven't heard it or anything like that, uh, if you've been living in a cave, I guess. But it says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I don't think in, in the transgender part, I don't think it's the ability, because clearly we can all transition. But what Amber is talking about is there's just so many things to consider when we do take each step along the way. And uh, I think somebody said something before, you don't just transition by yourself, your your whole uh, family and friends transition with you in, in some regard and everything. So, um, and it, it's like with uh, the suicide, with Leela's suicide also. There's a lot of stuff that went on. We can't do anything to save her life. And we can't do anything to to do much to, in that regard. But the the ability to change the things we can change is to try to make things better for the next person that goes through this uh, these these types of pains. So, all right. And with that in mind, I'm going to close for today. Let's see. If you are interested, the um, um, I won't do the commercial, but there's some information on the Prism Radio website. Uh, you can donate uh, to help uh, pay for the expenses for the website and everything like that. And uh, the information, again, is on the PRISM Radio uh, website. Also, if you want to um, um, sponsor a show, it's $25 to sponsor a show. You can tell me which show, what date, or that kind of stuff. And it's uh, so you would be the sponsor for that particular show. So that's something that is now being offered. And if you want to do some advertising on our website, that would be uh, uh, we can give me a call. So if you've got any questions or anything like that, you can email me at Knight at prismradio.com. So I think that with that said, oh, um, for those that are in the Louisville area, Sienna, which is the transgender support group here, our next meeting is <clears throat> January 17th. It's the third Saturday of each month, and that's at 6 o'clock. Um, SiennaTG.org is the website. You can contact us to get more information on the uh, location. All right, so if you have any thoughts, any comments, just let me know. I kind of rambled a little bit just kind of going through this. I guess peeling back the onion is painful for uh, in all kinds of ways. So just, again, kind of touching on some of those uh, some of those things. Here's some other things that um, about Leela's, uh, what's been going on lately. Um, <clears throat> so it says, um, uh, oh, um, what's her first? Carla um, Alcorn, the mom, said, there has not been a service for the teen because people have threatened to protest. You know, shame on you. That is ridiculous. To I mean, again, just a shame on you. Uh, let them let them go and deal with some other things. That's ridiculous. Uh, Aiden K. Key, founder of Gender Diversity, 
says his compassion is there for parents, uh, uh, for the parents. All uh, all any parents want is love for their children, for their children to live good lives. Transgender is such a new thing in society, and we've faced it. To uh, and we've not faced it or just discussed it. It as as a society. Excuse me. We've kept it in a dark corner where some people still think it's some deviant sexual behavior. Another quote is, if the parents would have reached out for more information or said, this is a lot, we need some time, or they have access to a group that would welcome them uh, talk, they might have made a difference for Leela. Again, I don't know if you can blame the parents. I mean, I, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying you can't. But um, I, I think it's putting a lot on them to be smarter just because this exists. If If they... If they just don't know much about what transgender is, what they know is what the media uh, has portrayed or what they grew up knowing or anything like that, um, what they've heard at, at other places, at church or something, I'm not sure that um, uh, they probably felt they had a handle and of all this. <clears throat> the Transgender Human Rights Institute has changed uh, .org petition, enact Leela's law to ban uh, transgender conversion, therapy. <clears throat> it currently has over 140,000 signatures. Uh, the Facebook group Justice for Leela Alcorn has close to 25,000 supporters. There is a stand-up for Leela Candle Vigil on Friday. This was this past Friday, organized to have a great day in a candlelight vigil at Leela School on Saturday, organized by Support Marriage Equality in Ohio. On Twitter, the hashtag, hashtag Leela Alcorn is being used by many to comment on the tragedy, and that's again, it is such a tragedy. And I, I will, I remember when I read it, I just had this horrible feeling. This feeling, I just wished that somehow that somebody had the opportunity to um, um, connect with her before all this. But so, uh, love people more, um, be pay more attention to people that you care about, uh, educate. And I uh, appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening, and I hope the show was inspirational, informative, and entertaining. Please go to our website to let me know what you think about the show or the radio station, and I do welcome suggestions for improvement or future guests. The plan is to have a show each Sunday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. And if you can't join me live, then there are ways to listen to archived versions. Don't forget, too, you can get information and actually donate to our radio show right on our website at prismradio.com. I will try to make sure all links associated with this show is on the website, but you can't find something, just let me know. I always close with Over the Rainbow, so I will say goodbye for now. And hope to hear from you soon. Dreams that you dare to dream really do come true. Someday I'll wish upon a star and wake up where the clouds are far behind me. Where troubles melt like lemon drops away above the chimney tops. That's where.